We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host on this Wednesday evening, J.D. Silva. I'm joined by a singular fella, Jacob Niffin. What's up? We're here on a Wednesday night, getting ready to talk about some exciting things that took place yesterday in Oklahoma City. We're also going to talk about Draymond Green being suspended indefinitely. We're going to talk about some first-time All-Stars. Should be a fun show. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, etc., etc. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be on Instagram. We'll be on Facebook, especially on YouTube. Jacob, yesterday, the people of Oklahoma City voted you know, uh, heavily in favor of the new arena. And I was, cannot lie, pretty stressed waiting. Um, but as soon as those early early returns came in, it was like 69 to whatever, and it just kept kind of climbing. I think it ended around 72. Uh, speaking of 69, he needs to do some 6'9 things. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I think we were all a little nervous just because of the uncertainty of it all, but all signs were pointing to it, it being passed and it ends up being one of the, I think, um, like number two or three, as far as landslides in maps slash penny sales tax for Oklahoma city votes, um, not even close. And like, I think 71.9 to uh, 29.1 or whatever. So it was, uh, it wasn't even close. No. The, the vote passes um, 
two to one, basically better than two to one. Yeah. And uh, the Thunder will, let me rephrase that so I don't trigger anybody. <laughs> the city will have a new arena uh-huh. that the Oklahoma City Thunder will pay a lease to play at. The Thunder, or- nobody bought millionaires in arena, folks. No. They didn't. The, the, the owners are not getting a free arena. It will be owned by the city of Oklahoma City. Yes, and like our uh, like our friend Hayden Peterson says here, Jay De Silva Jr. will get to watch the Thunder in this brand new arena. They you know, they committed for fifty additional they have fifty years. They'll be here. They'll be yep, old through and through. Up uh, I think it was twenty five extra years through twenty fifty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I believe it was Clemente Almanza had the stat that. By the time 2050 rolls around, the Thunder will have been in Oklahoma City longer than the Sonics were ever in Seattle. That's a really good, kind of crazy to think about. Um, But yeah, the the, uh, voters of Oklahoma City have guaranteed NBA basketball for Mm -hmm. another generation. Yeah, and there's a lot of things we can talk about. I, I I have some thoughts and some things, but I'll, I'll let you continue on and then we'll, we'll dive deeper in. Uh, shout out to Clemente who has a special skill of uh, triggering other fan bases, rival fan bases. He yes. just has a knack for that. Um, shout out to him. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very uh, excited for this arena and that the Thunder have committed excited for the city. Like I am someone that I do want to have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nihilistic about, uh, you know, our, our state government and things of that nature. But I'm, I do like to have pride in where I live and the city at large. And I have seen firsthand growing up, you know, Thunder came here in 08. I was obviously much younger at that point. And I, I saw the city grow and I kind of grew up with the city and I just wanted to see that continue. And I feel like saying no to this would be, I don't know, in the, in this, in a vacuum, like denying this progress that we've had. And I feel like this is going to bring a lot. I cannot wait. You know, it's, five years away before we'll see this thing in action but we'll know we'll get to see it happening we'll know what it's going to look like um it's going to be it's going to be incredible and we're you know i'll be over the age of 30 by then and it's going to be very strange i'm just glad like this has been such a big part of my life for so long Uh, in my my personal life as a fan professional life now with the podcast obviously uh i'm just thrilled i i don't know if i would have been able to stomach the thunder, like the vote not passing, and then the thunder leaving. Like I don't, I thought about that, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I'll, how. I'll and and here's the thing: is like the the people who were pushing the no vote wanted to tell you like they're not going to leave. It's why the Sonics left Seattle. Like yes, you vote no. Like I understand the Thunder ownership group are Oklahomans, mm-hmm. but the Thunder ownership group is old. And eventually, at some point, they're going to sell this team. Um, especially when you consider like the evaluations these teams. Um, Mark Cuban just sold his share of the Mavericks for like $3 billion. Yeah. And when they eventually sold, and maybe a no vote increases the, the timeline of them selling the franchise... New owners are going to want to move the team or have the team make as big of a profit as possible. Seattle and Las Vegas have, I think, and Kansas City all have $1 billion arenas ready for an NBA team. Mm -hmm. 
You don't have they don't have to do a a five percent chip in. They have to do a zero percent chip in. Yeah. So maybe that's five years from now. Maybe it's ten years from now. But you you would have a ticking clock, and the yeah. team would not stay here. No, it's so, it's an unrealistic view to think. As, as say, that they wouldn't like, look elsewhere. It's not like if you voted no, the owners come back and say, "Oh, okay, you didn't want that. I guess we'll pitch in more money." Yeah. When there are arenas ready for them to play in right now, like that mm-hmm. was an absolute fallacy that wasn't going to happen. If right. the no vote had one, this team had a timer on it, and they would have been gone. Now we do yeah. not have to worry about that. And I'm I'm glad you talked about the no vote in that sense in, in like fallacy because I think that was what took a lot of wind out of the sails there and pushed people even further into yes, which is what I think is the more realistic and you know progressive stance for this is that they you can't lead the no vote and your campaign with fallacy and with performative stuff like going on cameo and having George Santos say something like that's insane. It's insane, and it I had a long thread about this on Twitter today. It does take away from what I think they maybe originally tried to talk about, which was what other things can we be using this one cent sales tax to fund, such as like social services, public services, improving the city in other ways, you know, things like that. And I do feel like they really lost the plot um, in their just coping of of being in the large minority. Um, And I think everyone else, kind of forgot what they were even standing for too. I know I did. It's like these people yeah. are just being like gigantic dorks and they've and lost then today completely. you're getting criticized for calling that out. Like you you don't get yeah. to stand be Draymond Green and stand under the basket and hold the sign that says I'm a dork dunk on me and then get mad when you get dunked on. Right. And it's not like they were not presenting had they gone about it differently and said, you know, if if we pass this sales tax for the arena here are other options that we can use a, a future sales tax for. Or if we do the arena, will we still be able to do this? Like I never saw those things being presented in a logical and clear way for the public. And I think that's happens a lot. And I hope that in future votes, like if something does come up, you know, a maps five, for example, hope that everyone that had passion for this project, like I did, shows out for that one too. And don't think about the people that pissed you off yesterday and in the previous weeks. Because they For sure. and you know are, what if, if, if a maps if a maps five comes up, it'll get passed because every single map since I have been alive for thirty three years has been passed. Yes, it yes. was passed. Now, Silva, I will say this, and Taylor Peterson of the podcast was one of the first ones to kind of drop this on Twitter last night, and I completely agree. The people of Oklahoma City have now done their job. Mm-hmm. They have ponied up and agreed to pay 850 of the $900 million for this new arena. Mm-hmm. We've done our part. I don't want to hear shit about a sale or about a luxury tax. No. When it comes time to max J-Dub, when it comes time to max Chet, when it comes time to push the chips in the middle and go over that line and beyond, mm-hmm. To have a team that I think this year is in the playoffs, next year is flirting with the Western Conference Finals, three years from now, four years from now, is legit title contention team. I don't want to hear a, oh, 
the the rules prevent us. We can't pay all this money. We got to trade somebody. Can't happen. We did our part. We did. It's your turn to do yours. You got to pay up for this team that I think is going to be incredible. And I think that's probably part of the thinking. I think so too. And I think we have good reason to believe that they will. They they were ready to pony up. They ponied up for multiple years back in the you know 2016 uh, area and beyond, like into the PG Russ Mellow. They had like the third, second or third highest payroll mm-hmm. in the NBA for several seasons in a row. Like in the past few it. seasons, they've had one of the lowest payrolls mm-hmm. in the league which allows them to save money and be part of the revenue share of the league. Um, Like all the luxury tax that gets paid by other teams gets divided up and split up between people who are below the salary cap. And the Thunder have been getting a lot of money from that for the past three years, three and a half years, four years, something like that. Mm -hmm. You've been making a profit and the time to spend comes up uh what end of next season is when dub and chet are extension eligible and it's gonna be time to pay some money and i think they will i think so too um and i i think the the city will continue to invest in itself i think this is going to have you thought i I, i've thought about what this could look like and i think it, it could be uh completely like transformative and like change the way our city looks and feels Oh, one hundred percent. Nine hundred million dollar facility. It sounds like or, they want to build like a sports complex down there. Like maybe there's awesome. an ML, M- MLS stadium. Um, I think that I think that's yeah. the only other professional sport that Oklahoma yeah. City could get is MLS. I don't. Mm-hmm. They're not getting baseball. No. Uh, they're never getting NFL. NHL. Um, yeah. No. I don't think there's a, a market for NHL here, but I think soccer could actually stick yeah. in Oklahoma City, which would be pretty cool. Um, I mean the the arena once built is going to be absolutely incredible. I, I really mean, it's, it's going to be top tier state of the art. It's going to be badass. We don't get like, we don't get things like that here, you know? And like, this was our chance to continue doing something that we quote unquote, shouldn't be able to do like the thunder should this the thunder shouldn't be here. Like it's, we're very, very lucky to have them. Like a lot of a series of events, some tragic had to happen for them to even come here and mm-hmm. we're lucky to keep them. We're lucky to get this arena that I, I truly, this is the Paycom center and the, you know, the fourth center Chesapeake, that's all I've really known. So I don't even, I cannot grasp. I, I heard what, this, what, what it'll you, look like. Do you know when the city voted to build that arena? What year? Mm, was it pre 2000? 1992. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing with the no vote is like, do you know how many arenas this city has built with no help from anybody else? You are eventually mm-hmm. going to build another arena, whether it be with Thunder help or not. Yeah. Part so of me might thinks, as well get it done now. Part of me thinks that if, if this arena proposal came to be and the Thunder were not involved, that there would be less of the weird, like I the agree. weirdness, because I there's agree. not, you know, a, a quote unquote, like a billionaire involved for people yeah. to you know, throw bricks at verbally or on Twitter. Uh, huge deal for the city, though. It's awesome. Huge. It's incredible. Super excited about it. Uh, the target date is the tw- tip off of the 2029 2030 season or before. Um, it'd be cool if they like got it done a year early. We'll see. Uh, next, de- next steps will be like renderings and design 
and figuring out where they are going to build it at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this maybe gets an, a little bit into the weeds for our non-local listeners, uh, so bear with me just a moment, folks. But from what I've heard from a few people who uh, have a bit of an idea of maybe what the, the planning committee um, would be thinking, is option A, bulldoze what was the Cox Center, now Prairie Surf Studios, which mm-hmm. is owned by the city, leased out to Prairie Surf. Um, bulldoze that and build a new arena there, which makes sense. Uh, or option B would be, uh, if, if you know where Prairie Surf and the Paycom Center is, there is an area just west of there. That's just a whole bunch of parking that they would build there. Uh, the city does not own that land, so they would have to buy that land to build there. But I've heard that that might be cheaper. Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It might be cheaper to buy that land in the middle of downtown Oklahoma City mm-hmm. than it would be to bulldoze Prairie Surf, which is kind of crazy to me. That is. That buying land is is cheaper now than tearing down a building. But yeah. uh, we will see. I, I foresee Paycom Center staying there. They will have two arenas. They will have Paycom, and I bet that's where the G League will continue to play. Yeah. And then they will also have the new arena, whatever that one will be called. I wonder what else, like, Paycom Center would be used for. Like, because if someone's coming here for a concert, for example, they're going to want to play in the new one. There, they, I mean, it could right? be tons like, of stuff. It could be, yeah. Um, it could become what the Cox Center was. Exactly. Like they that, they could know? rent that to Prairie Surf. Yeah. Uh, eventually, if there's an all star game, you'll need 20, two arenas for that. 20 generations of uh, high school graduates there going you go. through the Paycom Center. I love it. Yeah. Um, got a lot of comments coming in, JD. I, I do feel the need uh, to bring up. Someone dropped us a super, so uh, yes, let's they do, do that. I, th- I feel like we have to talk about it. Yes. This was from Alan McIntosh in our chat. He says, do you think we get a new logo and colors once we move to the new arena? I think we need something done with the logo. Wouldn't mind a color change, too. Uh, Alan, I'm right there with you. I am. I would also. I would love a, a rebrand. Uh, get away from the cool ranch <laughs> style we have currently. The cool ranch Dorito style. Um, but just you know, I would love else. It. I don't see it happening. I don't either. If anything, and we've talked about this, Justin is the guy for this. Um, a lot of the the. I think the league wants everyone to have round logos, and you've kind of seen the like the round basketball looking thing that just says Oklahoma city basketball that the Mm -hmm. team has been wearing, uh, which I think are pretty cool. Um, I do like the colors. So if it was a rebrand, but keep the orange and blue, I would be cool with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I would also love if they incorporated the teal from the native jerseys that they had a few seasons ago. Um, Unfortunately, I just, I don't see it happening. No, if there was a time to do it, that would probably be it. Or like next season when the team is, you know, taking a gigantic. We, leap yeah, forward, I get that. You know, but, we, but there's been so many thresholds. Like we said, when the KD Russ era ends, that's when to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. When the Shea era starts, that's when to do it. When they change arenas, that's when to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. What I will hope for personally is at least more a wider array of of this of like designs like high quality designs and you know the merch store expanding and yeah, getting a little sure. crazier feel like bring back old uniforms like that teal the teal native american jersey you know and i'm sure they will they're they're doing this to maintain like a legacy 
you know, and I'm Definitely. sure they want to nurture that legacy. So yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, any others you want to touch on from the comments we've got on the arena before we move on? I think we're probably good on arena talk. I cool. mean, every radio station and thunder podcast you listen to has probably beat the, yeah. beat the, the arena talk into the dirt. So yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot to add to that discourse. I think. No, no. Um, do you want to uh, talk, talk about Draymond Green now or later? Let's save it for the Around the Association. Okay, cool. Let's take our first break of the night, and then we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All righty. Uh, now that we're done with the arena talk, I thought it'd be fun to talk about some potential first-time All-Stars. Uh, there could be one on the Thunder. So I thought that'd be a fun way to kind of tie things in, um, have a little discussion about a bunch of young guys. Uh, let's start. I think we can, we're going to do groups of three, pull a bunch of names before the show. Well, but before we dive in, we, I think we got to mention, you said maybe another Thunder guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Kevin Pelton from ESPN had on his most recent uh, all-star ballot had Chet Holmgren as one of the reserves on the West all-star team, which is insane, uh, but also like not crazy far-fetched with how Chet is playing. Uh, Do you know the last rookie to make an all-star team? Oh, wow. I'll give you a hint. 
Thank you. Uh, same scenario as Chet, where they technically missed their entire rookie season. Ben Simmons. It was close. Uh, Blake Griffin of oh, Oklahoma wow. City. Wow. That's, that's so nuts. that it would be the first time yeah. that's happened since Blake, which would be pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Chet's had a slump recently, especially with the shooting splits. The shooting, yeah. Uh, I think he would have to have a pretty hard push um, from here to the All Star break to actually get it. Um, but I think he's the the leader in the clubhouse as far as rookies, for sure. I agree. I think it's tough to give it to a guy like Victor, even though the counting stats are there, the efficiency's so low, and the Spurs are. You know, moribund. Yeah, the, really, the team really their team bad. is just so bad. Well, they have they have uh, I think three wins at this point. They've lost more than ten in a row. It's it's tough there. Yeah. Um. So we we pulled a list of names, mm-hmm. and I think what we're gonna do is you're gonna pick three, and make me choose who definitely is a first time All Star, who hell no is not gonna be a first time All Star, and who's in the middle. And we'll go back and forth on three names. Before we do that, though, JD, mm-hmm. a guy that was a first-time All-Star last year in Shea Gilgis Alexander was a reserve. Yeah. Is he a reserve this year? Hmm. Are, is the All-Star voting their positions? I forget. I forget. I what. believe so. I think it's two back court, three front court. Okay. I'm, I, I, I think he... And it factors in um, player vote fan vote, and media vote. Mm-hmm. A third, a third, a third. And then coaches pick the reserves. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about saying he should start and that he will and that he will start. I think he is becoming a more popular player. Uh, I think he's going to get the media and the coach vote for first team. Like, he's one of the three best guards in the entire NBA. When you consider, like, production, games played, all that stuff, the defense. I kind of think the West starting guards should be Shea and Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Do they consider Luca a guard? Or is I think Luca is considered like guard and front court, which is kind of bullshit, okay. but yeah, it is. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, because the Thunder like don't even have like positions in there yeah. for their wing guys, but, but Shea, Shea should be. An all-star starter. Yes, yeah, Steph would first, be the only one I worry first about. First-team All-NBA yeah. and currently mm-hmm. top-three MVP candidate. Yeah, there's been a lot of SGA versus Halliburton stuff recently. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I saw No Dunks did something today. Like, who would you rather start a franchise with and Shea won by a landslide? He did. And I saw, like... Uh, Halliburton's dope. He is. He's I just think really, Shea's really good. so much better. I agree. The defense... The, He's the also gap older, in their, but in the, the defense, like... SGA is legitimately flirting with an all-defensive team this year. He is, and I think I've seen him on some some early defensive team things. He's been freaking awesome, dude. Averaging almost like three steals a game. What a next two games this team has, too. Kings tomorrow night, um, Nuggets on Saturday night. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. two huge opportunities for this team. Huge, huge. Okay. Uh, Do you want to split this up like East and West or just throw you three names? Uh, I don't care. It's up to you. You're the host. Okay. I'm just here All for right. the ride, man. All right, let's do it. We're going to go... Uh, let's just get really toxic right away. We're going to go with Alperin Shangun, Evan Mobley, and Chet Holmgren. Alperin Shangun, Evan Mobley, Chet Holmgren. 
Yes. Hmm. Am I allowed to look up stats? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Let's pull up basketball reference here. And uh, yes. Uh, so Mobley this season is averaging. I think it's got a stats right up here at the top. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists on 57, 20, 76. Um, so I, I go hell yes, hell no, and in the middle. Yeah. Um, my hell no was Mobley. I'm with you. He has not been. Um, he's not been very good this year. No. I mean, Shengun's got really good stats, dude. It's the it's the stats. It's the stats. Like, yep. He has 20 points, who, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 54, 31, 63. Mm-hmm. And he's then like Ch- the guy there. Yeah, Chet is 17, 8, and 2.5 on 52, 38, 88. But then you factor in the block numbers with Chet, uh, which is 2.4, 1 steal. Um, you know what? I'm still feeling a little toxic. Give me Chet as the yes, he will be a first-time All-Star. Uh-huh. Give me Mobley as no, he will not. And give me Shangun as the guy in the middle. I respect that a lot. Never back down, especially when it uh, comes to uh, talking about Rockets players. That's what we've learned. That's what we will continue to do. Uh, it, like Shangun's in a different role there. He is like the highlighted, featured guy all the time. Um, if, if, and he may get into the All-Star and Chet might, may not. Like That is a reality that could happen but you know if you ask if you ask me who would you rather have i'm saying chet 10 times out of 10 definitely okay i'll give you three now i'm gonna go three guards in the west okay jamal murray (laughs) desmond bain Mm -hmm. and fernie simons just to give the listeners some context let me pull stats real quick Mm -hmm. um and fernie simons has played in four games. So the sample size is really small. Mm-hmm. He's got to play more, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of time to play more. Yes. But he is at 28 and a half points, uh, two and a half rebounds, five assists a game. He is shooting uh, 42% from the field, 42% from three on 10 a game, uh, and then 100% from the free throw line. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Jamal Murray, also a guy who has not played a ton of games this year. Mm-hmm. He is at 11, but he is 18 and a half, three and a half, 18 and a half points, three and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. He is shooting 45% from three, 46% from the field. And then um, Desmond Bain, the problem with him is his team sucks. Yes. But Desmond Bain this season, 25 points. Four rebounds, five assists, uh, shooting 47, 38, 87 splits. Um, and just having, I mean, 20, 25 points a game is pretty awesome for Desmond Pretty insane. Uh, I, I do, I feel pretty good about going hell yes for Desmond Bain. I think he's okay. Like, I, I feel okay with that. He has, the, he has the stats, he has the longevity. He even has, with this team being that bad. Even with his team being bad, because Jaw is about to come, out, come back. And I think there are a lot of teams they can kind of beat up on. Uh, for a little while. There's a lot of really bad teams in the NBA this year. Memphis is one of them currently, but I think there's room to grow, get some positive momentum. Uh, maybe they become like a feel-good story by the time like late January comes around. Do we and know when Jaw comes back? Pretty dang soon. 
Because they play the Thunder Monday night, don't they? I think I read or heard somewhere that... He will return on December 19th. The game af- Yeah, it's the game after the Thunder game. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, and they currently have him like in court explaining uh, how to pass a basketball and uh, you know, like doing insane stuff. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Um, it is wild. But uh, no, I would say Bain would be most likely of the three. Um, I think... Jamal is a Jamal's so tough. He's in my head. He's kind of like guard Jimmy Butler, where Jimmy Butler, like his counting stats during the regular season are just eh. But he has the history of being a phenomenal player, so he gets into the he gets into the two All Star games and All NBA teams and things like that. Jamal Murray, kind of a similar thing. I don't think he often averages more than like twenty to twenty two points, but in the playoffs, he's a completely different player. Um, so Murray's probably going to be my maybe, and then Simons. Because I think the Blazers are going to continue to go down and lose and lose and lose would probably be my hell no for this. Okay, and I mean again, Simon's games played is also a big deal. So yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, your turn to pick three. Okay, let's go with. Okay, uh, this this will be fun. We're going to go with Scotty Barnes, Paolo Banquero, and Mikhail Bridges. Three East Wings. Okay, so let's do stats for everybody real quick. Okay. Uh, Scotty Barnes this season has been freaking incredible. Incredible. Uh, Scotty, 20 points, nine rebounds, five and a half assists, 1.7 steals, 1.2 blocks, 47% from the field, 38% from three on five and a half attempts a game, 75% from the free throw line. He's played in 23 games. Um, Scotty's been awesome. He is. Scotty has been awesome. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is this season. Mikhail's in his seventh season in the league. That feels odd. That feels, yeah. He's 27 years old. I did not realize he was that old. 27. Uh, Mikhail, 23 points. Six rebounds, four assists, one steal, and half a block a game. Uh, 49% from the field, 39% from three, uh, 87% from the free throw line. Uh, Mikhail has been great. Um, Mm -hmm. He is a defensive menace. Uh, Really love him. And the third was Paulo. Yes. Okay. Paulo Bancaro this season is averaging 20.7 points, 6.8 rebounds, 4.5 assists. One steal. He's shooting 49, 39, uh, 68. Um, This is a tough one. I think I will go for my making his all-star debut for sure is Scotty. Mm -hmm. I think my on the fence maybe in the middle would be Paulo. And my, I'm not going to go with the hell no, but just isn't going to make it as Mikhail. The reason I go Paulo over Mikhail, team record and team success. Yeah. Um, Orlando's been awesome. You know, they've, they've been like they've Thunder been East. Really, really, really good. Yeah. And I just, I just think Scotty has been freaking incredible. And so he, he, I think he will get the nod. I think he will make it. Um, I mean, Toronto needs to trade the other dudes and just build around Scotty and make it Scotty's team. Yeah. Uh, undoubtedly, he's been incredible, and I think he makes his all-star debut this year. 
Yeah, uh, he's been succeeding despite the team being like really mm-hmm. awkward and not tailored for for his skill set. And really if you at build all. a team around him that has like shooting and versatility um, and just fits him better, I think he starts to shine even more. It does make me a little a uh, little sick to think about what could have been. Uh, if he had been on the Thunder, it would have been... Scotty was my dude in that draft. He was. You are riding hard for him, and rightfully so. He was awesome. And there was like a year or two where I was like, no, nah, I'm sticking with sticking with Josh on this one, but I'm going to... Yeah. You know, he, Scotty might be all NBA this season. Like, he's that good. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, your turn. I'm going to go another three guys okay. from the West. Or sorry, from the East, from the East. Uh, different positions, though. We're going Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson, Franz Wagner. Do you want okay. stats? Um, no, I don't think I need stats for these guys. Should we give um, stats for the listeners? We, you know what? You're right. How, what what a courteous thing to do by you. Uh, Franz, twenty point six points, five point seven rebounds, three point seven assists, one steal a game. Uh, forty six, thirty, eighty three splits. Thirty. Thirty percent from three. Hmm. Tyrese Maxey, 27 points, four rebounds, six and a half assists, nearly a steal a game, 47, 40, 90. So he's almost 50, 40, 90. He's shooting 40% on 8.2 three-point attempts per game. It's insane. And then the last one was Jalen Brunson, who I was kind of surprised hadn't made an all-star game. Brunson currently this season is 24.6 points, 3.5 rebounds, 5.6 assists, one steal, 47% from the field, 45% from three on 6.7 attempts a game, 80% from the free throw line. That's awesome. Uh, Two of these guys, uh, Maxi and Brunson, there's some parallels between them. Both of them had a heliocentric offensive player next to them that left and then they became phenomenal uh and luca i mean he left luca and uh, harden left maxi but similar scenarios there and i you know maxi i'm gonna say hell yes for maxi he's been like really 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 like a top 20 top 15 type of player this season um just been like the exact type of running mate you would want next to joel Embiid. um Brunson would be my maybe, but honestly, he's he is probable also. I think to me, he should have gotten in last year over Randall. Um, yeah, but yeah, this year he he's also been excellent. He's just kind of like the engine of that entire team. Like he's he's very important to them. And then Franz, I do think at some point he will be an All Star along with Paolo, uh, along with like the team continuing to grow and succeed. But I don't think it's his year. I don't think. I also didn't know he was shooting thirty percent from three. Yeah. So if we went back and you had to choose one of the magic guys, one yeah. of the magics, mm-hmm. one of the mages, one of the mages, one of the, if you had to choose one of the mages, yeah. Uh, Paulo or Franz, who'd you pick? Probably. Now I don't watch magic games. So this is an entirely like vibes based decision here based off of reading and listening to people smarter than me. I, I would probably go Paulo. I think he has the national love and attention. It's a big part of it. Even if, even if like people think they are more similar in terms of quality, like they're both awesome. It's kind of a Tatum Brown thing going mm-hmm. there. Um, I think it'd be Paolo though. If one of the guys. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Okay. Uh, there's two names left on our list. Okay. 
Should we? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Name number one, Victor Wembanyama. Okay. Okay. Name number two, Jalen J. Dub Williams. Ooh. Okay. So Wemby, eight point eighteen point eight points, ten point six rebounds, two point six assists, one point two steals, two point eight blocks, forty three. 25 80 shooting splits. Uh, Jalen J Dub Williams is 17.8 points, 4.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 0.8 steals per game. Uh, he is shooting 51 39 88. He's flirting with a 50 40 90 Silva. Why does, why do like eight Thunder players almost have a 50, 40, 90? I know it's crazy. They've been very efficient. Um, Money team CEO in the chat says they're the, it's the Orlando magicians. I mean, that's cool too. I like that. That's cool too. Um, I think the media would give it to Wemby over Jalen. Yeah. Especially if, Jalen's numbers stay at what they are now. I think yeah. his case would be if, you know, Chet's three-point shot never kind of came back and he kind of, not faded, but just did what rookies do and hit a sort of wall. You get tired legs and your stats, your efficiency falls off a bit. But J-Dub skyrockets in averages. You know, between now and February, he, what if he got his averages up to 22, 8, and 5 or something insane like that? You I don't know? even know if he'd have to go insane like that. Mm-hmm. If the Thunder are still in second place come the the All-Star break and no, Dub is averaging what I say he is right now. Let me get 17, back to that again. 17, Basically 16. 18, 4, and 3.5. And mm-hmm. If it was like 18.5, 4.5, and he kept the efficiency and the Thunder are second in the West um, and on a 54-win pace, I could see them putting two Thunder players in. Yeah, I would I would love to go back and see like how often does a team with, you know, three seed or better get two all-stars or two seed or better get more than more than one all-star. Yeah. Cuz if they're that good, you know. It's kind of crazy. J-Dub is shooting two more shots per game this year. Uh 12.8 up from 10.6. Uh-huh. Uh the field goal percentage is basically the same. Last year was 52.1, this year it's 51.6. The three-point percentage has climbed from 35.6 to 38.9. The free throws has jumped by 6.5%, 81.2 to 87.8. And the points have jumped 3.5, 14.1 to 17.8. Typically, you don't see second-year guys get higher volume and the same or better efficiency, uh, and that is what he is currently doing. It's uh, it's pretty nuts. He essentially that in that insane run he had, the final like third of last season, maybe even maybe even more than the final third. He's just kind of carried it directly over, and especially these last this last week or so, he has looked like. I mean, Nick and I talked about it uh, a couple nights ago. He has looked. He looks like an eight year vet. He looks like an all star. He looks. Uh, and you pretty know what's so cool about him is, I mean, he beat the dog piss out of Clay Thompson. He wanted he yeah. wanted to ISO Clay Thompson every possession down the stretch of that game Friday. Got him, 
went left, pull up, or right to the rim. Mm-hmm. Against Utah, it was, I mean, they didn't have a, a rim protector. Walker Kessler wasn't there. And it was, I don't Holy care cannoli. who's on me. Play that again. Holy cannoli. Against Utah, it was, I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. Mm-hmm. I am just going to get incredibly aggressive and physical, push you out of the way, and get to the basket. And he did that again and again and again. And you watched that Utah game. You post-game podcasted over it. There was like two or three plays where after he would do that, he would go in again. He'd draw the second defender and drop these no-looks right underneath the basket it's absurd. for dunks. It's absurd. He just looks... And he didn't even have like that crazy of a stat line in that Utah game, but he just made it look so easy and I, you can tell that he's learning from SGA with oh yeah with with that behavior you just discussed because SGA does that he'll he will find the weakness in a Chris Paul type of way and exploit it exploit it exploit it and J-Dub is doing the same thing and if that god if that keeps happening what is this team what is yeah. what is J-Dub but anyway he's freaking awesome dude he's awesome okay that's cool i wonder if this will change, I mean, this will probably change this list and our opinions of the players on this list will probably change between now and the all-star break. So maybe we can, I'm sure we will do some revisiting all-star predictions, things of Definitely. that nature. I think it's a good um, check-in though at this point in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go on our second break and then we'll do a quick around the association. Okay. We're back. And it's time for this. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> and it's also time for this. We got a little bit of slaw. Um, and I'm considering the Draymond News slop in this case. Uh, Sounds and, good. And some other things. So, um, yeah, I was making dinner tonight and I uh, heard I had an AirPod in, you know, listening to a podcast, making some tortilla soup. I heard I heard the Twitter ding in my ear. And then I heard uh, like four to five slack dings, which usually means some news has dropped in the NBA. And I went and I went and checked. And the first thing I saw was, I think maybe you typed in all caps, indefinitely. And then I saw the, <laughs> I saw the Draymond news that he's been suspended indefinitely for um, just punching the shit at the shit out of Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, la- the was the last Nurkic night? quote was gold. Yeah, that, that brother needs help. That brother needs help. <laughs> I, at least uh, he didn't choke me out. That yeah. brother needs help. That's insane. It's... The league said he can still practice with the team. Mm-hmm. He's taking. Uh, he's suspended indefinitely until he clears certain benchmarks. He's going to meet with um, the the GM of the Warriors, McDunleavy, uh, and his agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, probably a league representative as well. The league has sided multiple times with Draymond that part of his punishment is... Uh, a history of conduct. Mm-hmm. He choked the hell out of Rudy Gobert less than a month ago, JD. Yes, he did. <laughs> and now he's turning around and throwing haymakers. The dude, like some people want to say, like, 
does he, is something wrong and triggering this behavior? It's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. He went on a dick kick spree <laughs> like years ago. He's punching out Jordan Poole, which now seeing Jordan Poole play, maybe I'd punch Jordan Poole yeah, out as well. I get it. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the pattern of behavior goes back as far as we can remember. Yeah. The Warriors enable him and play it off, and he's just a passionate guy. No, he's an asshole. He is. And they just won a lot, so it was easier to look past it. Before. Yeah. And I think he's slow and old, and their team is cooked. It is very, very clear that their team is much better when you sit all those old dudes and mm-hmm. you play Podjemski and Kaminga and Moody instead of Draymond and Wiggins and Clay. Yeah. Um, it's clear that their their run is up. It's over, mm-hmm. and this is Draymond's way of of dealing with that. And it's garbage. And yeah, I don't know how long indefinitely is. Uh, I'm worried that indefinitely is a cop out for the league. It should have been 15 games. I I agree. I kind of expected it to be. You know, when he hit when he hit him, I was like, oh, they're going to suspend him. Like it's going to be at least 10 games. Like that's. That's that's kind of what I expected, and it's I feel like it's a combination of Draymond as a player is declining, the Warriors are declining. Draymond has talked so much shit to everyone along the way in this in this dynasty, and he's been able to back it up. Now I'm sure I, it feels like he's doing the same thing. He can't back it up. Players know that he can't back it up, and they're probably giving him a little a bit of extra shit, also, rightfully so. And he just can't handle it he's anymore. Cooked. Man he's is cooked. absolutely cooked. He's cooked. Clay is cooked. I saw a video of uh, Pajemski just obliterating Clay in uh, like a one-on-one at practice. I was like, oh, damn, it's it's over uh, for them. I think. I, I wonder if they'll do anything uh, at the trade deadline. They need to, but it's tough when. I, I wonder what. I mean, new GM, right? I wonder what their appetite is for like dealing with the Draymond BS. Probably lower, Pro- probably much lower. And, and like I'd, I'd be looking to get off of him. Honestly, does this explain? I mean, this I get why Bob Myers left. I'll say, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I will say, yeah. And how do you like? Is is do you have to attach something to get off of? Like for for Clay, I do think you would have to attach an asset. Clay Clay is his contract is up, right? Uh, he I don't know. Uh, I can find out really quick. I think Clay is like extension eligible. Draymond might be extension eligible. I just get off of him, dude. Yeah. It's time. It's ran uh, its yeah. course. It's very clear it's ran its course. You were right on Clay. They have title aspirations this season. They're going to be a playing team. The West is too good mm-hmm. and they're too bad. I agree. I mean the the torch has been passed to the to A lot of people have teams. said like because of the games a Thunder Warriors playoff series would be fun. I couldn't handle it, dude. I think the Thunder would actually win that series. Yeah, I don't know because the Warriors have so much experience. Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be constant I, complaining. I, and... I might commit a felony. Like, oh yeah, can you imagine all the? I mean, even in the the Thunder have played for the Warriors eight times. Oh, he, I wanted to ask you this: He has to do counseling before he comes back. Can you think of what that counseling will be? Uh, to me, the first thing I thought of was he's going to go knife a mattress in his backyard. That'll be the counseling. <laughs> We'll come back. I, you have and any, they make I him saw go you talk to a therapist. I think he's gonna beat the shit out of the therapist. Right. There's a uh, 
I thought of immediately when I saw the counseling thing. I was like, that asshole is probably not going to counseling. There is a, you know, the account drill on Twitter. Mm -hmm. There is a drill tweet where he said, just saw a uh, Yakuza member knifing the shit out of a mattress. The doomsday clock inches forward. And I just thought of <laughs> that's Draymond. Draymond. Well, there's, al the there's also <laughs> a thread on Twitter. Somebody just always quote retweets themselves. And the last one was, guys would rather choke out Rudy Gobert than go to therapy. <laughs> and then the most recent one was, guys would rather punch Yosef Nurkic in the throat than go to therapy. Yeah. And it's just like a continual thread of all the uh, stuff Draymond's done is really funny. It's just, I think everyone's tired of them. Everyone's tired of them. So it's like, we don't, we feel no, no one's going to feel any sympathy for what they're going through right now. So smell you later, Warriors. Um, the other bit of, Slop <laughs> has gone under the radar, and I want to bring it up because over the last two seasons on this podcast and in general, I have seen parallels and talked about the the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Thunder as being on similar trajectories, having similar you know strengths and weaknesses. You know, they had Mobley, we have Chet, they have Donovan Mitchell, we have SGA, and and so on and so forth. Um, it seems like the Cavs are going the way of the Atlanta Hawks where they smelled a bit of success and they said, F it, let's go get someone. And then they plateaued uh, almost immediately. And now it's being reported by uh, Brian Windhorst. Matt Moore, I believe, reiterated this. Shams, I don't know for sure, uh, that Donovan Mitchell is not likely to even remain with the Cavs because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. So are they going to lose him for nothing? Why is it being possible. talked about more? If they think they're going to lose him for nothing, like they need to trade him, right? Yeah, um, right. And I haven't heard like any we, we all we all made the comparison for the Thunder to the Cavs, yeah. and we all asked the question: When did the Thunder make their Donovan Mitchell trade? Like, how many times have we said that, Silva? So many times. I think what you're seeing now is like the lesson of the cautionary tale of not pushing the button too early. Mm -hmm. Like this is what Sam Preston talks about. Like, you go get a Donovan Mitchell. Maybe it raises your ceiling. But then what happens when the guy just walks or doesn't want to be there, doesn't fit your culture? Mm -hmm. Whenever you draft a guy, you can kind of mold that. Trading for a guy, especially like a, a high-usage guy, you bring somebody in, and they have their own motivations. Yeah. They want to be the dude. It's like, we don't need you to come here and take us somewhere. We need you to come in and get in line and be part of the ride. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different things. I think it's a great cautionary tale. It's why I've kind of changed my opinion on, you know, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have told you the Thunder eventually will make the all-in trade. I mm -hmm. don't think the all-in trade is coming because I don't think you need it. You have Shea, Dub, no. and Chet. I think the trades now are, I'm going to go back to it again just because I love the guy, like the Denny Avdia trade. Yeah. Like if you yeah. could pull something like that and get in a guy that's just going to fit in with your culture and your style and play 20 to 25 minutes a night. Like that is the type of move. I think the thunder will make because you don't want a Donovan Mitchell situation on your hands. No. And I went and looked up the record. So the 20, 21, 22 season was uh, the season before the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell. You know, it was uh, Jared Allen, who else? Uh, Darius Garland, when he kind of broke out after a really bad rookie season, Evan Mobley, obviously, uh, Colin Sexton was on that team. They went 44 and 38. 
and then they tr- that and was the year that, they lost in the play-in tournament, I believe. I think so. The inaugural they, play-in yeah. season. Yeah, finished eighth, got eliminated there, and that was their indicator to push their chips in. Mm-hmm. And they next season got uh, they went fifty-one and thirty-one, lost in the first round, and now they're that now they're even worse. They're thirteen and eleven, yeah, ninth currently, and I think they'll make the playoffs. Will they mm-hmm. win a series? Who knows. And then Donovan Mitchell walks. Yeah. And you traded... You know what they traded for Donovan Mitchell? A lot. I don't remember exactly what. Let's pull up up the details of that trade real quick, just so we can reiterate it. Yeah. That trade was for... The Cavaliers sent Jazz forward... The Jazz forward Laurie Markkinen... Ochai Agbaji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected picks, and two swaps. Let me ask you something. Who That's would you insane. Ra- what core would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Darius Garland, Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and you can even say Jared Allen, or would you rather have Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, Allen? To me, the fit makes more sense to put Markkinen next to Mobley. I agree. And then have Garland, who is a really good passer and initiator, be that guy there. I, it's just, uh, that's strange. And they would still have all those other picks. Mm-hmm. That you could go make subsequent moves for and fill in the holes. The Isaac Okoro hole. The, um, you know, the the wing off the bench hole. Although they've kind of done that with uh, some guys who can shoot the basketball. But still, like, I, I, I would rather have those assets than two years of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's like Max Struess is the move they have now. Yeah. And that's it. I don't know. Uh, it's, that, it's tough. I, I don't think I would. I don't consider them on the same level as the Thunder even now. I don't. Yeah. I don't, is there any don't. team in the league right now that if you just, if you took a guy who doesn't currently own a team or a, a guy who isn't currently GMing a team, uh, Bob Myers, mm-hmm. you took Bob Myers and you said, Bob, you have your choice to choose any team to manage for the next four years. Is Oklahoma City like number one on the list? Pretty easily, I think they are. Yeah. I think so, too. They already have an established core of young, really good, high-character players, and they have a million draft picks. and They have a superstar. Yeah. An absolute superstar Mm -hmm. who's young. And they've got young talent that fits around him uh, that is eager to, to, to grow as a unit. Like, it, This is the ideal spot for a team, especially. It, it's insane. We're, we're very it. lucky to have a new arena. You love it. We're very lucky to have a new arena and this exciting team. And, uh, yeah. I think that's... Uh, do you have anything else on uh, Cavs? That, that'll do her. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Thank you, guys. Get out of here. Get out of here. Thank you guys for listening to our show this evening. Uh, if you went and voted yesterday, thanks for voting. Um, we will be back. Only if you voted yes, though. Only if you voted yes. Uh, if you voted no, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, tomorrow, we'll be back. I will I will not be back, mercifully, because that is a 9 p.m. tip. Taylor has no. that post game starting at 11.30 p.m. Central Time. So Taylor? join Taylor. Godspeed and Draymond Green. Better learn Chinese, buddy. (laughs) Let's get out of here. See, adios, (laughs) thunder up.
Latvian laser. 